Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. As they journeyed, the disciples asked Jesus about prayer. They wanted to know how to talk to God. They wanted Jesus to teach them to do things they saw and heard him doing. Teach us to pray was their request. In other words, Jesus, we want to know that our prayers will produce the kind of results your prayers produce. And Jesus said, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and asked for three loaves of bread to feed some company that had just showed up at your house. This friend, already in bed, answers, don't bother me. My kids are already asleep. The house is locked and I don't want to get up. But, Jesus says, persistence is key. If you keep knocking and knocking and waking all the neighbors, your friend will finally get up and give you whatever you need. So here's the bottom line. When it comes to prayer, just ask. You don't need to bargain with God. You don't have to do anything special or ask in a certain way. Just talk to him. This is God, our Heavenly Father, and you, his children. He wants to give you good things in the same way you want to give good things to your children. Believe that God the Father, who made you out of love, will respond in love. So, just ask. Story out of uh, Mount Vernon, Texas a few years ago told of a neighborhood bar that had uh, just begun construction to expand its business uh, when a pastor of a local church began uh, actually praying that God would shut down the neighborhood bar, uh, even gathered his church for an evening prayer meeting, pleading with God to rid the neighborhood uh, of the evils of this bar. Well, a few weeks later, lightning struck the bar and it burned completely to the ground. The bar owner, having heard about the church's prayer crusade, promptly sued the church. <laughs> the bar owner argued that God had struck the bar with lightning as a result of the church members' prayers. But the church, admitting they did in fact pray, responded adamantly, denying any and all responsibility for the building's demise. Uh, the case did go to court, and the judge candidly shared his perplexity at the case, stating, uh, based on each party's uh, presented statements, saying, I don't know how I'm going to call this one. I have right before me a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a church <laughs> that does not. Now, as misguided as I think this prayer uh, campaign may have been, uh, I do want to talk to you today about uh, the topic of prayer. As uh, we've been in a series leading us up to Easter, looking at various uh, Jesus conversations that he had uh, both with crowds and his disciples uh, that were in the final chapters of his ministry leading him up to Jerusalem and the cross 
that would be awaiting him there, but also the hope, we know, of the resurrection on Easter. And so what we see in each of these conversations as Jesus gets closer and closer to Jerusalem is he's pushing, again, whether the crowds or the disciples, that wherever they're at in their understanding of him, he's pushing them further and further in what it actually looks like, what it actually means uh, to be a fully devoted follower of him. And so today, the conversation we want to look at is all about, ironically, how we have a conversation with Jesus, and that is namely through prayer. And so we're going to be Luke chapter 11, looking at that conversation uh, at the topic of prayer as Jesus teaches his disciples. And so I invite you to turn there uh, in a Bible, if you have one of your own, or a phone that's smart enough to have a Bible in it. And if you don't have either of those, there's a Bible in the pew rack in front of you that you can certainly use. And we'd say take uh, as a gift from us to you if you don't have a Bible of all uh, as your own. So with that, um, collectively we recognize when it comes to the topic of prayer, you know, whether you're new to church and new to all this Jesus stuff that everyone recognizes that prayer is a big part of it. It's, uh, for some we see it as something we get to do. Uh, for some of us, it feels like something we should be doing more of, and so we're all striving to do this, but if we're honest, many of us struggle to actually do it, to actually be people who pray, uh, of which I will confess, I am the chief of strugglers. Uh, even as I stand before you, as my family calls me at like Thanksgiving meals, let's have the professional prayer uh, take care of that. So I'm a professional prayer, yet, like many of you, I struggle. I struggled to do that uh, in that, I, I guess you could say, in many ways, when it comes to prayer, I have almost a love-hate relationship uh, with the subject. And that, uh, you could say on the love side, I love uh, that for we as a church, that we, uh, in fact, one of the things that drew me to this church and keeps me at this church is that we are, in fact, a praying church. We are a church committed to actually praying, not just talking about it, uh, and they pray a lot. In fact, uh, in the early days when I was first interviewed uh, for the church's youth ministry position 11 years ago, I remember on a Sunday morning meeting a lady in the lobby, uh, introducing myself, and uh, came out that I was um, you know, interviewing and candidating for the youth ministry position, to which she says, oh, you're that, Brian. We gathered and prayed for you last night, to which I was, I was blown away. It was, she was part of a group that gathered on Saturday nights to pray uh, both for the services the next morning as well as for the needs in the life of the church of which I was a recipient of one of those. And so that kind of thing has been the storyline, the through line of this church uh, for the years leading up to and following in that as leadership, the staff at every one of our staff meetings spends a considerable amount of time in prayer, praying both for the church and for your needs as they come our way, as well as the elders. In fact, the elders uh, do a monthly meeting, uh, used to be from seven to nine on the third Monday of the month, and recognizing that the business of the church was taking up arguably too much of that time and maybe having 15, 20 minutes of prayer at the end, said, let's back that meeting up to six and make sure we have a full hour to pray again for the needs that come our way and for the church at large. And so I'm encouraged by that and I hope you're encouraged by knowing that you have a leadership that is actually praying for you and for us and for our community. And, and frankly, I think even more encouraged that, that we're all in on this, that this church consistently and constantly calls us to be people of prayer and that uh, most recently, 
Uh, if you're with us this past fall, uh, as we, God has called us to uh, this vision of 10, of reaching 10% of our community, that we might impact 100% of our community in a greater way, we said we're going to pray for 10, and we had the uh, Circle Maker small group studies where we you know, circled um, our lives and our families and our church even. We marched around the church in prayer, and uh, the thing that I thought was the coolest was just the way which one church gathered in seven different locations all around our community to pray for our community and what God wants wants to do in it. And so that's what I love about our church. I think it is great uh, that we are a praying church, uh, but what I hate about it is, if I'm honest, that as great as it is that we are a praying church, I often don't feel great at praying. And I suspect many of you feel the same way, that uh, as great as it is you feel to be part of a praying church, you might not feel that great personally at praying whether maybe you feel like you just don't know how to pray or feel like uh, you just don't pray enough and you should pray more. Or maybe most like me, when you actually try and pray, the ADD that you never knew you had <laughs> has suddenly infected your entire being. <laughs> that while there's a whole nature versus nurture debate on whether ADD is something you're born with or it's the environment that causes it, I am fully convinced that ADD is conceived and spread and contracted by long prayer sessions. <laughs> and God, I pray also that you would remind me to trim my nails. Gross. Nails, hardware store. I've got to remember to get to the hardware store. After. Squirrel, squirrels are cute. They store up acorns for winter. I'm glad winter's over, spring's out. I mean, God, I thank you that uh, <laughs> spring has come and the flowers. And, and it's half funny because I know I'm describing so many of us in the room when it comes to how it is we actually end up finding ourselves praying. And so assuming we can even get through the brigade of self-distraction when it comes to prayer, uh, the next level is just having the confidence that our prayers are even gonna make a difference and so they're not just bouncing off the ceiling. And uh, you know, as much as we snicker at the irony of that story about the bar owner and the church that prayed, you know, how often do we pray but actually expecting nothing to happen like that church? I remember uh, Pastor John, a, few, a guy who used to be on staff with us um, here recently, a number of years ago, uh, there was a lady in the church who uh, John and I prayed with uh, who had just come down with cancer. And uh, you know, they had found the spot and they went and they were doing all the tests and it was, they, it was cancerous. And she, we prayed that, that God would heal her. And the next week she came back and the doctors didn't understand it. It was gone, it was healed as it was if it was never there. And I remember thinking, and I think mistakenly actually saying, really? <laughs> like, it, it worked? <laughs> and so if you're here and you feel like you aren't good about, good at, or good at believing in prayer, welcome to the club. You are in good company here. And so. The question is, how do we move forward in prayer? How can we grow in our conversation with Jesus in this area of prayer, knowing that we struggle with it? How do we start in prayer? And you might be thinking, you can probably start by not listening to this guy, because he's horrible at praying. 
Uh, I know, right? So that's why we're going to look uh, to Jesus and his conversation that he has uh, in Luke chapter 11. And we're going to see that Jesus is going to teach us how to pray by first just getting us uh, from a dead start into actually beginning to pray if we're not praying right now in our lives. Then second, he's going to encourage us as to the results of those prayers. And then thirdly, how do we actually pray? And so that's where we're going with this. Jesus is going to show us how to get started in prayer. Secondly, the results of those prayers. And thirdly, how do we actually pray? What do we even say? And uh, to do that, we're actually going to start in the middle of our passage today in verse 5, where Jesus helps us jumpstart us into actually starting to pray. And so Jesus, in teaching his disciples, after they'd asked him to teach him to pray, says this in verse 5. He says this parable. He says, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey, or excuse me, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Jesus says, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, because of your persistence, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now, to push pause there, we have to recognize by several accounts, this is a very odd situation. Uh, and that you've got, particularly in this day and time, not uh, a multi-bedroomed house, but there would have been a one-room house where the family would have been spread out uh, across the floor like a girl's slumber party. And so for him to have answered the door would have meant his kids are in bed, meaning he has to step over and on his children just to get to the door. And frankly, if he had babies, parents, you know if you have babies, anyone who knocks on your door when your baby is sleeping, no friend of yours. And so you've got this odd situation of this guy beating on the door, annoying his neighbor to get some bread. And we have to wonder, what is Jesus getting at? Is he suggesting that we be annoying? That we would or should pester God into giving us what we want? Well, Matt Hoagland, who is a, a seminary student among us and actually serves on staff, uh, has been putting together these weekly uh, devotionals in preparation for the upcoming week's sermon. And this past week's, uh, he actually said it perfectly. So I'm just going to read what he wrote in understanding what Jesus is getting at. It's not going to be in this one because this one's for next week. But last week, if you read it, he said this. Uh, if, if when we ask for something, it says, if in our case, if annoying our neighbor will get us um, help in our time of need, well then, how much more confident can we be when we pray to our Heavenly Father? Knowing He is gracious and caring, we should then, quote, boldly come before God with any difficulty we face because we know that He will help us whom He loves. Recognizing that the point of this story is that God is not our reluctant but willing neighbor, but a loving father who loves us, his children. And thus, based on that, Jesus says in verse 9, I say to you, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. Verse 10, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will 
be opened. And so here's the point. Jesus is saying that if you want to learn to pray, as the disciples asked him, teach us to pray, if you want to learn to pray, well, then you're going to have to pray. That if you want to get started in prayer, you get started in prayer by just starting. Like the old Nike slogan, just do it. You just got to get going, just get started praying. In fact, Richard Foster, who has written several countless books on the topic of prayer, says you learn to pray, not by reading my books, but he says if we want to learn to pray, we learn to pray most by praying. Because that's what Jesus is encouraging us. Verse nine, he says, and asking, in seeking, in knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Um, it's kind of verse nine and Bob Dylan. Or Guns N' Roses, depending on your generation. That the one, the only, the only way we will receive, verse 10, that we will find that the door will be opened is by asking, seeking, knocking, or in other words, as we've been saying, praying. Only by praying can we then get a response to those prayers. In fact, Mark Batterson in the uh, Circle Maker study that we did this past fall, if you did it, uh, if not, great quote came from that. He said basically, uh, pointed out the reality that, quote, God won't answer 100% of the prayers that you don't pray that God will not answer 100% of the prayers that you don't pray. And so again, ask, seek, knock, pray, and get started by getting started. Because once we start, we can be assured, secondly, as we see in verse 11, and as we've already started to point to, um, Jesus points it this way. He says, which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. And Jesus says, if you then, though you are evil, uh, meaning though you're of this world, know how to give good gifts to your children, well then how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so, when it comes to asking and seeking and knocking, I think one of the things that prevents us from getting started, and probably the one I hear most from people, is this idea of I won't, if I pray, what, how do I pray? I'm afraid I won't pray right. I'm afraid I won't say it quite right or say the right words. And uh, I, I actually, in fact, remember recognizing just how quickly it is for us sometimes in church life to get ingrained to this idea that we have to have the exact right words when we pray. And that one evening when I was praying uh, with my then three-year-old daughter before bed, I finished the prayer with her saying something like, you know, and I thank you for call, amen. Uh, To which she promptly interrupted and corrected me saying, Daddy, we say in Jesus' name we pray, amen. To which, in all fairness, she was right. That was usually how we closed our prayers. Uh, But honestly, as a pastor, it's just kind of hard to be corrected in your prayers (laughs) by someone who, when left to their own devices, will put their underpants on backwards. (laughs) And so while, yes, we can grow in our language or our prayer conversations with the Lord, remember who the Lord is 
and remember that he is your dad. And just as we as dads or parents would expect our kids to come plainly and simply to us, that's what our father expects from us as a child would, a loving parent. C.S. Lewis puts it this way simply. He says, lay before him what is in you, not what ought to be in you. C.S. Lewis, probably one of the smartest men ever on the planet, said simply, you can just lay before him what is in you, not what you think needs to be in you to go to him. And so again, just do it. Seek, knock, come plainly and simply as who you are because again, Remember, the one listening is our loving Father who, of which we are his children and who loves us, according to verse 14, more than we as earthly parents even have the capacity to love our own children. And so how much more does he love us and want to respond to our prayers? Now, I recognize that in one message, uh, we can't possibly tackle all the questions that we face uh, when it comes to prayer, there are still more Bible verses to quote, more Bible studies we could have in small groups, and yes, more sermons that we could have and listen to when it comes to the topic of prayer. But here's the point of today. If you want to learn to pray, you learn to pray by praying. If you want to experience the results in prayer, you experience results in prayer by praying. If you want to know how do you pray, you do that by praying. And so pray. And with that, I recognize before I go any further that one of the most important things we could do in our time together is rather than me talk to you more about prayer, that we should spend some time actually doing just that, praying together. In fact, Jesus says in Luke 19 that my house will be a house of prayer. Uh, you know, I think rather than maybe sometimes we treat it as a house of a monologue uh, that uh, you hear from someone talk about prayer. And so rather than, again, talk about prayer, we're going to spend some time here in just a few minutes uh, actually giving you some time and some space just quietly in your seat to do just that. To, in this topic of Jesus conversations, have a conversation with Jesus. And so uh, we'll give you about three minutes to, to do that. And uh, you might think, that's not very long. Uh, <laughs> But I know about the pace and the noise of the lives that many of us live, and for many of you, uh, three minutes of silence will feel like the loudest thing you've heard all week, because it's so foreign to us. And so, to help get us started in this time together, uh, I want to give you some, you could say some prayer conversation starters that uh, we recognize, even though we learn to pray by praying, Jesus does give us some handles at which to get started in those verses that we passed by at the beginning of our um, passage here in verses one through four. Um, as again, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, so he's doing the praying. But when he was finished, his disciples seeing this said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so Jesus said to them, when you pray, say. And so in these next few verses in Luke, we're gonna see something that reflects um, the prayer that we also see in Matthew's account of Jesus' prayer. And uh, as we, it's a prayer we pray nearly every week here. And so yes, it's a prayer that we can pray verbatim and, and, you know, and mean it, but it's also a prayer that we can understand as a model prayer, almost categorically like these, again, these prayer conversation starters that Jesus has given us to give us topics at which we can address him with. And so... The ones in this passage we see uh, very similar to the one in Matthew that we pray each week. Father, again, recognizing who it is we're talking to and we are his children, hallowed be your name. Meaning, take some time just to recognize who God is and his greatness. From there, your kingdom come. 
That's asking God's heavenly ways and will to be done as it naturally and perfectly is in heaven to be brought here on earth, to be done here on earth. Verse three, give us each day our daily bread. And that just goes back to just asking God for what you need, asking, seeking, knocking, just tell him what you need. And then verse four, says it pretty plainly, forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And then from there, would you lead us not into temptation, lead us through temptations we face. And so again, we will prompt you with the screens uh, for these conversation starters, so I invite you to bring your attention there. And um, we did something like this uh, not that long ago with uh, a, the same, pretty much the same thing. And I started to think, ah, oh, man, you know, we already did this. Should we not do it again? It would be too soon. And then it dawned on me. It's like, this isn't a television rerun show that we don't want to have to watch. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's the way he taught us to pray. And we pray it each week, uh, you know, again, verbatim. And so maybe we should pray it this way even more often, I would argue, as a church. And so, again... It'll prompt you, and just right there, silently in your seat, as the prompts prompt you, just take, uh, give you about 30 seconds with each prayer prompt uh, to pray what it says. And then for you, again, for the, um, the shared ADDers among us, uh, a little tip. Something I do when I pray, uh, I always, pretty much, because I, of the you know, squirrel thing, will write out my prayers. Uh, it's really, for me, the only way I can kind of keep my attention as best as possible um, in that prayer. So if you want, um, you can take maybe the back of your, uh, you know, program and, and write maybe your prayers there, or uh, literally you can even, if you have a phone smart enough, you could text God your prayers, just like use the notes section in there. Uh, because again, for many of us, it's a cheesy saying, but uh, it helps me that this idea of thoughts and prayers untangle themselves when passing over the lips and through pencil tips. Uh, told you it was cheesy, but... <laughs> It does bring to the, remind us that, you know, a lot of times for those of us who can't express ourselves maybe as well out loud or verbally, um, you, you know this if you've ever written a letter or an email or something, or you, you can express yourself better in writing. So um, whatever best helps you, again, converse with Jesus, that's the goal. And so I will start us, and then we'll look to the screens uh, to lead us from there, and then I'll bring us back here as we close. So let's pray together. Father, help us never to miss the gift that it is to simply call you that. And we as your children now ask, Lord, hear our prayers.
and amen. Amen. Again, as said, we recognize there are still lots of questions um, when it comes to the topic of prayer, you know, what to pray and what about when it doesn't seem like God's answering our prayers or that if he is answering them, it doesn't seem to be the way in which we thought he should be answering them and all of that. Uh, but one story that I want to leave with you to encourage you uh, as we go today. Uh, there's a family in life our church who, uh, they have one little boy, uh, but in the hopes of having uh, more children, struggled with uh, infertility and miscarriages. And if you've been down that road, only you know the weight and the struggle of that road. Well, this particular couple uh, was part of one of our Circle Maker small group studies here this past fall where uh, one of the encouragements within that study was to take 21 days uh, to commit to circle something in prayer with great specificity, um, you know, with this idea of building in both that habit and that commitment of praying through something as well as, um, you know, just really in light of our parable, this idea of just continuing to knock and trust God to respond. And so with that, this couple, uh, along with their small group, prayed very specifically for another child for those 21 days, knowing that's a great risk to pray with that great specificity around that. Um, and through both the ups and the downs, even in that 21 days, uh, I have the privilege to share with you that on literally day 22, they discovered that they were pregnant. And uh, as cool and as surprising as that may be, on day 40, they found out what is, frankly, no surprise around here. <laughs> and help me out, they are pregnant with? Twins, twins. twins. And so um, they are uh, expecting uh, fraternal twin boys due the end of July. And, uh, and for that reason, we'd invite you to continue to pray uh, for them in that. And uh, again, for those of us who still struggle and still doubt and even just say, ah, coincidence? I love what uh, a pastor out of the 18th century, William Temple, says. He says, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. And so with that, um, would you allow me to pray for you as uh, we stand and close our time together? Heavenly Father, as we now go, um, we recognize we don't need a fancy projector or um, you know, a preacher to tell us how to do this, but that you, as our loving Father, longs to hear from us as your children. And so God, um, would you help us to take a few minutes this week, each day, uh, for 21 days, would you help us to make that commitment, to find that time and that place where we'll take a few minutes <laughs> to talk to you, the one who anxiously awaits us all the minutes of 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as our Father anxiously awaiting to hear from his children. May it be in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.